and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we are on location in lovely Boca Raton, Florida, and we are visiting one of the great teachers of Chinese medicine, of healing, and of Qigong, Dr. George Love, my old colleague, and we went to school together many moons ago to study Chinese medicine together to, in fact, change the world, to heal, transform, and change the world. And make a better world. And make a better world. <laughs> George has uh, been involved down here in southern Florida for literally decades, working with clients, teaching Qigong on the beach, and to large groups of people who want to get this ancient wisdom that he has spent so much time coming to understand and to integrate into his own body and, of course, that of his many clients. George has been on radio here at A Better World, on A Better World TV as well, and has had his own, had his own radio show and does for, again, many years, many, many years. George uniquely blends healing with the arts of music and dance and brings pleasure and joy to the cultivation of vitality. So I'm very glad that you're joining us again for today's show, which will be a lot of fun. George and I are dear old friends, and it's a pleasure to have him back on. The subject, by the way, no matter where you live, and I know I have people listening from all over the world to South Africa and Australia, across to the UK and all over the United States and Canada, to hear George share what he has in mind to help bring about a change in humanity, which is, of course, aligned with what we do, as he said earlier, with a better world. Let's start, George Love. Welcome to a better world. Thank you. Thank you, Mitchell. It's always a pleasure to be in your presence. Such a pleasure. So, you know, there's this thing called Qigong, which is this wonderful ancient exercise from the Chinese. It's a totally integrated inner-outer practice. There are, things, there are movements and breath patterns that help to serve the organs and the meridians and bathe them in qi, life force. And there is the practice on the outside, which has to do with dealing with the skin and even the outside world and defense mechanisms on all levels. But if you would, please define for our audience Qigong and medical Qigong. Okay. So um, Qi is the electromagnetic energy that flows through the body like blood flows through the veins. It's, um, if, you, if you have a heart attack, they put electric paddles and they literally shock you, which is like a, a battery jump start. So Western medicine understands that your heart works on electrical energy, and so should we. Qi is literally translated as breath. So it is the breath that enervates and activates the human body. So we talk about inspiration, respiration, and expiration. So when you expire, you breathe God out. When you respire, you breathe God in. So our objective in Qigong is to breathe God in, enervate the body. Now, Gong means mastery or hard work. So Qigong is understanding your own body. 
It is not limited to exercise. It's not limited to breathing or meditation. It is an understanding of how your body functions in the world. So we have nature. Now, you were born naked. You were born without shoes, without hats, without underwear. And so we need to spend a certain amount of time each day, minimum of 60 minutes, walking barefoot on the earth, the dirt, the grass, the sand, the mud. And we need our head and face exposed to the sun before 10 a.m. and also at sundown. So we need double exposure to the sun and exposure to the earth. We need exposure to the elements. To the elements. Thank you. That's an excellent uh, way of putting that. So we get energy from sun, energy from earth. We have cosmic energy into the lungs. We have food and water into the stomach. But we also have ancestral energy, which is our source energy or our genetic potential. So you could be the firstborn son of an Olympic swimmer and and a tennis champion mother, or you could be the fifth-born son of an uh, alcoholic father and a drug addict mother. So that is going to change your genetic potential. That's going to change your source energy. So you are limited by your genetic potential, but you can upgrade it with food and water, and you can upgrade it with movement. So imagine looking at someone who's depressed or They look depressed because their body language reflects depression. So their head is bent over, their shoulders are hunched, they have this down or dejected look. Now, the opposite of that would be chest out, shoulders back, bright smile, tuck the chin in, stand up tall. And so you can look at somebody and tell if they're happy and cheerful or if they're depressed. And you didn't go to medical school to look at somebody and tell what they're feeling. Now, if I get you to swing your arms eight times in big circles backwards, and I get you to jump up and down on your toes very lightly, not too high, inch or too high, jump up and down, and then I get you to go ha, 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 16 times, I will shift you instantaneously from depression to non-depression. And I can do that in 30 seconds. That is Qigong. Beautiful. That is a very fine description and example. So at the end of the day, what we're looking at is understanding Qigong as an understanding of the interrelationships between the mind and the body and Qi. As we say, mind, body, and spirit. Spirit (laughs) Spirit being the overarching and underlying nature of reality. But the mind, <laughs> so, the mind is chi. So, so let me make a further distinction. The yi leads the chi. And what is yi? Yi is mind. Yi is intention. Yi is will. Yi is shen. So your intention, your mind, leads the chi. So let's say you, you were in conversation about Bitcoin. You would want to go find out more about Bitcoin. So you would go 
on the internet, you'd Google, you'd get on the phone, you'd go to the library, you would be have you would have an intention of trying to find out about Bitcoin. So that's the Yi leading the Chi. And by the same token, if let's say you had a knee problem and your rehab specialist said you need to walk up and down the steps more. And you're like, oh, I hate steps. And then somebody says, hey, Mitchell, let's run up and down the steps. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And then this girl says, I'm going up the steps. I'll walk in front of you. Immediately you're walking up the steps because your ye has guiding. Exactly. So ye. Now, I want to, I don't know if it's a transliteration issue or what, but in Professor Ching Man Ching School down at Shijung at 87 Bowery, may they all rest in peace. It was my original Chinese Tai Chi school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said this, George. They said the E moves the Chi, and the Chi moves the, the body. Blood, the blood, right? Well, it would include right. the blood, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the order. So they were not saying Yi; they were saying E. E and Yi is the same thing. So there we go. Right. What's what's a Y between friends? It's the pronunciation. There you go. Now, E guides it. It doesn't move it. It doesn't push it. Mm-mm. It doesn't lead it. It guides it. it. Well, I think I another way of putting it is mm-hmm. it inspi- literally inspires it. Okay, I will go with okay. that. So we want to take a look at the word breath again, okay, that yes. you – translated very beautifully, and I want to add another uh, refinement to that, which is that the original ideogram for chi is actually the vapor that arises from millets. Mm. Okay, so when you get that vapor and you inhale it, you're being encouraged to breathe because you have food at the end of it, and you've got the refinement of the material in the form of vapor, mm-hmm. which you're inhaling as a form of nutrition. And that's a very good metaphor. I like that. You like that? Mm-hmm. So I've always heard the literal one, but I never actually put together until you have inspired me. You have inspired. My E is inspired of, of the food aspect of why we would be coming uh, kind of moved, if you will, to breathe, it's going to ultimately lead to food, which is interesting from an ordinary biological point of view because it means that our basic biological needs Mm -hmm. of breathing, of eating, Mm -hmm. are sort of contained in that notion. Okay, now let me just ask you a random question. Why millet and not rice? I don't know why, except that's what the character seems to say. Okay, so you you do know that in China, rice is the main staple. Now. And then they say, did you eat today? They say, did you have your rice today? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, in Africa, millet is the main staple. Oh. Not in China. Really? Really. So I don't know the answer to that, but it's a certainly interesting, and maybe this suggests that there was an ancient relationship between the Africans and the Chinese. Oh, there clearly was. So we, 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 have, we have actual written records Archaeological, now. Yeah. really? Yeah, we have so written records now. Yeah. So let's come around 
uh, to this idea of Qigong being a real foundational practice slash attitude that can literally change the world. It's so amazing, George, that in this country of the United States, trillions of dollars, not billions, not millions, trillions of dollars are spent on helping people maintain their illness, meaning not dying. Exactly. I mean, you know, we don't even want to go into all of that. We don't want to dissect and do the surgery that's necessary to really analyze that whole neurotic, psychotic issue mm. right now. Right. Another time. We've done it many, many times over the years. But what I want to take a little giggle about with you is that by learning Qigong, which is a way of understanding the mind-body-spirit mm. relationship, and it's usually wedded to movement, although, as you say, you're right, it doesn't have to be. But let's have the fun of movement because it's such a human activity. Mm. So we have walking, and it's walking with a certain kind of attitude where the mind is in the center. And I want you to expand upon this. The mm. mind is in the center, and we're aware of energy moving from one foot and transferring to the other, of the weight shifting, of one being in and one being young. Now, what is it about this process, George, that can literally launch us into a shift in health and inner transformation that could ultimately, if all of us on the, on the show spread the word about this to our friends and family, shift mm-hmm. and change the world? Okay, so the blood transportation mechanism requires muscular contraction of the legs because gravity pulls the blood down. And in order for the blood to come back up, you literally have to squeeze the blood back up. Number two, you have a lymphatic system. And the lymph system, 1,100 of the 1,400 lymphatic drainage points are in your abdomen. That means there's only 300 points between the arms and the legs and the neck. And again, uh, without the leg muscular contraction, the lymphatic system does not function uh, properly. So we need to use our leg muscles for those two reasons. Well, breathing also moves lymph, but nothing quite like what you're saying with the involvement of the legs. Exactly. Or jumping, what have you. Now, if we swing the arms, you know, uh, one arm front, one arm back, if we swing the arms back and forth, the ribs literally close and open. So there's something called the intercostal muscles which close and open the ribs. Now, there's cartilage that attaches the rib to the breastbone. As we age, that cartilage starts to get brittle. Dry up. So 45, 50, you're going to lose flexibility of your ribs. So if we swing our arms forward and back, we maintain blood flow to that little piece of cartilage that attaches the ribs, and we expand the ribs' ability to open the lungs to get more air, which means more oxygen, which means more purification of blood. Now, how does the blood get from your heart to your brain? You have 10 seconds. By vessels. That's how. It goes through your neck. 
Oh, well, you didn't say what is the pathway. I did. Ask the correct question. I <laughs> get the correct answer. <laughs> so if your neck is tight from looking at your cell phone or your computer or sitting at your desk, then you restrict blood flow, blood oxygen, and nutrients to the brain. Now, if you are stressed, if you are um, frustrated, resentful, shame, blame, guilt, then you are called uptight because your shoulders are uptight around your ears. So whether it's the neck that tightens the shoulders in sympathy or the shoulders that tighten the neck in sympathy, they both restrict blood flow to the brain, which means poor choices. Now, if I get you to swing your arms forward and back or swing them in a circle, I'm going to break up the stagnation in the shoulders and I'm going to force more blood into the brain, which then makes better choices. Now, in Chinese medicine, we say the kidneys control the brain, the memory, the bone marrow, the joints, the nervous system, and the endocrine system, as well as the ears and the feet. Now, that's a lot of stuff to control. Now, Western medicine... You know, kidneys are very controlling. Yes, they are. So Western medicine recognizes that bone marrow stimulates brain neuron growth. So that's a confirmation mm -hmm. that building bone marrow Not to mention, stimulates brain growth. That's beautiful. Uh, and as we both know, that in ancient Chinese medicine, the brain that we call the brain, the head brain, is called the Sea of Marrow. Yes. And so there's a classic, there's an ancient Chinese classic that's attributed to Bodhidharma, who's the founder of Shaolin, that says, you can clean your brain through these particular exercises. And I, it just so happens I managed to memorize the whole set of exercises. Uh, it's called marrow washing, brain marrow washing. And then there's the yi jin jin, which is the tendon clearing. So the qigong that I teach contains both the yi jin jing, the tendon uh, changing, tendon clearing, and the marrow washing. And the marrow washing, sure. Okay. Which is... And there's remarkable. also, of course, that's connected to the Taoist practice of bone breathing. Yes. Bone breathing is absolutely part of it. So now, every time you bang your heel on the floor, a message is sent to stimulate bone marrow produ production. So in this country, we have a disease called osteoporosis. And so if we look at the type of person that gets osteoporosis, it typically turns out to be women who don't exercise. Or, because of the lack of hormonal flow, don't have regular sex, which is a type of exercise. So there's certain populations that never get osteoporosis, and there's certain populations that usually get osteoporosis. So instead of looking for a drug, we need to find 
a healthy a way, building a cultural way of building bone marrow and brain growth, which is dancing. Now, there's some dances where you stamp your feet and swing your arms. Case in point, African dance. Correct. So people in Africa don't get osteoporosis, ever. (laughs) (laughs) And there are other ways of dealing with it, too, which is also to be bearing more weight because people don't realize bone is living tissue. People tend to associate, and myself as well, it's part of a program a cultural program, an education, mm. that bones are these hard, brittle, white things, you know, when in fact living bone doesn't look like that at all. Exactly. It's living and that means it's growing and it's fertile. And when one puts more stress on it than one's own physical weight is bringing to bear on it, the bones grow. The bones get stimulated, marrow gets produced, Mm -hmm. red blood cells get produced as well. And that is another antidote for the development of of osteoporosis. So running, jogging, jumping rope, climbing. But as you said, hitting the ground Mm -hmm. with some level of force, Mm -hmm. you know, is stimulating. It's a beautiful point. Okay. So now there's five major things that happen to us, okay? So one is respiratory disorders. There's indoor air pollution, which is worse than outdoor outdoor air pollution. Then there is outdoor air pollution, and then there's smoke, uh, secondhand smoke. And then there is the lack of exercise that would stimulate the lungs to grow. So we have a whole group of respiratory disorders that Qigong addresses through Qigong breathing. Secondarily, heart disease, heart attack, stroke, high blood pressure. In the HEW scheme of things, those are broken out as three separate categories when logically it's all circulatory disorders. HEW. Health Education and Welfare Department of the Federal Government. You, you never heard of that department? I know it well. Okay. All right. So I'm saying this, my audience may not know. Yeah, they don't know. They're not all Americans. Right. Exactly. They're not all Americans. Some of them are Africans. Right. Be generous. So um, so we have cardiac uh, issues. Then third category, according to HEW. Cardiac, cardio. Yeah. Cardio is exercise. Cardiac is the heart muscle. Well, correct. <laughs> we don't have to go here. The prefix, the etymology of C-A-R-D gives us the heart muscle and right. whatever it is that pertains. Right. Okay. I'm just having third, fun with you. Yeah. I'm so glad. So the third category is all cancers, but the top four cancers is colorectal cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, and prostate cancer. And all, those, all four of those are dietary related. So Qigong can address all of those issues. Then the next issue is chronic pain. 50% of Americans over 21 have chronic pain, 
which is why there's They're an not opioid. old enough at 21 to have chronic pain. They haven't been alive long enough. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know yeah. the emotional issues I'm that cause chronic pain. So that is the reason why we have an opioid epidemic. Okay? And One of the reasons. Well, why would you take an opiate if you didn't have pain? Oh, well, you mean is as long as you're including emotional Absolutely, because long before, uh, you know, the pharmaceuticals were vastly producing opioid drugs, there was heroin on the market. And well, actually heroin. We were, we were using heroin for emotional pain? Yeah. I guess so. Oh, definitely. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, emotional pain is included in chronic pain. I don't mean us. Okay. I mean, but people. Right. Are contemporaries. Correct. And then the last issue is uh, diabetic complications, which would be reduced clean blood pancreas. circulation, mm-hmm. clean pancreas, foot problems, uh, bruising, exactly, yes. diabetes. So all of these things are part of diabetic complications. So those being the five things that cause chronic disease and premature death, Qigong has a way to address all of those issues. And that's the reason why I say America and the world needs Qigong. So if those are the issues, then uh, we have to teach Qigong to everyone. As a means of re- not only remediation, but literally prevention, but and, literally prevention and solution if the damage is already done. Even though ancient Chinese medicine says that if somebody's gotten ill, the doctor has already made many mistakes by not keeping the person in proper harmony and balance, uh, it ends up that medical qigong can even reverse some of these advanced conditions. Absolutely, absolutely. So the, the secondary issue that I'd like to address is mental psychological disorders, emotional disorders, Shen. such as anger, frustration, resentment, shame, blame, guilt, and depression, such as fear and anxiety, such as worry, obsession, and compulsion, such as uh, attachment, addiction, and uh, ignorance, uh, or I should say delusion. Um, So there is myriad uh, psychological issues that we either go to a therapist for talk therapy or a psychiatrist for drug therapy when Qigong can literally change brain chemistry with breathing exercises and directed uh, qi flow to certain parts of the brain. Now, there's something called uh, qigong massage, which is specifically for the pituitary, the thyroid, and the pineal. Okay? So if you can pluck your neck, you can activate the thyroid, or you can self-regulate the thyroid without iodine and without drugs. There's without a, iodine? Without iodine, yes. Now, 
The sphenoids... Are you suggesting that it replaces iodine or it supplements iodine? What if there was no iodine available? How would you regulate your thyroid? I don't know. I so what I'm suggesting is that way. But do you would you say that it is an actual replacement? Okay. Or I'm saying that if you if you have it available, you are at least improving the functionality of the. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, for example, we all know we need water. We all recommend two to three liters a day, and yet there's people who live in the desert and live to be 75 and 80, and all they get is three ounces of water a day. Okay? Go figure. So they manage to figure out how to function on three ounces of water when we know we need three liters. So in the absence of iodine, you can still regulate your thyroid. That's my point. Okay? Now, the pituitary, we all know, or some people know that the pituitary is related to the third eye. Some people know that the pituitary regulates all the endocrine glands. Some people actually know where the third eye is. Now, you can literally touch your third eye by putting your thumb on your temple, which is the sphenoid bone, and if you put both thumbs you on each side, on each side there's fluid in your brain called cerebrospinal fluid, and you can literally flood the area that holds the pituitary. And then with three fingers, you can pull apart your forehead. So you can actually stimulate your third eye. Now, how many times have you gone, oh, my God, I forgot. How many times have you smacked yourself in the forehead? That's how you activate your third eye. But we don't recognize it that way. And then, in the base of the skull, which we call the occipital ridge or the occiput, on the sides is the cerebellum, which is the cerebral cortex of the brain. And in between the two is the actual brain stem. And if you push on the brain stem, you're going to push fluid into the pineal. So by pushing on the brain stem... The pineal being at the very top of the head. At the, right, on the other side of the brainstem. So you can activate the pineal and you can activate the pituitary and you can pluck the SCM, which activates the thyroid. And the thyroid's on the side of the neck, not in the center. Right. So if you can activate three of your endocrine glands by touch... I always assumed it was central. No, it's on the sides. So... Both sides? Both sides, yeah. Thyroid's on both sides. You ever see a goiter? So it's almost it's on like... Side. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's almost like the kidneys, almost like a, it's almost like a double thyroid. Exactly. Interesting. I exactly. I just did that. No pun intended. Okay. Yeah. So this is Qigong self-massage. Yes. And then there's the pancreas, and then there's the kidneys, and then there's the gonads. Now... The gonads for men are outside the body. For women, they're inside the body. But if you bang the hip bone with your fist, you literally send a vibration into your testicles. And for a woman, right into the ovaries. So through this self-massage, you can stimulate or activate your endocrine gland, which 
if you're into yoga or have any understanding of that system, is your chakras. chakras. Your chakras. Sorry. Chakra. Chakra. <laughs> okay? Yes. So these are little tiny things that take three minutes or less to do. Now, if you did it as a body drumming with music, you're more likely to repeat it and remember a, it and remember it as opposed to, okay, tomorrow when you get up, rub the top of your head. <laughs> three times this way and three times that way. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. And so what you're also to translate is the endocrine system is this very interesting, delicate uh, system that interacts between what we refer to as physical body and our emotional and psychological slash mental bodies. So when we talk about the activation of the pineal gland, on one hand it has all these incredible physiological attributes. On the other hand, it has the ability for vision, for intuition, for awakening a whole other function of the nervous system and brain. So and what about connection to God? Sight. Right. Well, that's our, our pineal, primarily. You know what we call the seventh chakra. The, 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 <laughs> the God particle. The God particle. Yes. So that that's the direction we're talking about here. So just as the or the lungs are considered the delicate organ between inside and out so too is the endocrine system, I think it's fair to say, is activating between body and mind and the highest levels of mind, which we could refer to as the divine. And there's another layer that confirms everything that you just said, which is the all-seeing eye of Horus, the Egyptian eye. And you can literally superimpose the eye over the brain. So if we so if we cut the brain in half and turn it sideways. But we don't recommend that you do that. Yes. Just um, figuratively. You can see where the pineal pituitary, brain stem, mm. corpus callosum right. see where all those parts of the body are. And the Egyptian system calls that the limbic system. Uh-huh. So the limbic system reaches into the past for emotional memory and brings it into the future for future protection. So we're so we're past, present, future all, all at the, the same, same time. So that also then gives us the inroad to shift not just the present and the future, but interestingly, also the past. So our linear idea of what's possible and what I should really say, what time is, becomes utterly changed and it becomes multidimensional, which it truly is. So a change we make of behavior, of mind, of emotion today in this moment is literally having a reverberation in what we refer to as the past, which is really something that we are remembering and referring to as the past, which is a neuronal network, Mm -hmm. and it changes our future because we're starting to build a new neural network Mm -hmm. around the new thought pattern, the new emotional pattern, 
with a new physical behavioral pattern. Okay. So I just right? want to so that's it, absolutely it correct. It begins to entrench right. the new behavior. So let me tell you a short story. Uh, Wait one moment. Hold that because we have to do a little station identification. Station ID. And we're going to go right into your story, Dr. George Love. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. We're so glad you're joining us again today. Know that if you do not yet receive our newsletter, you can go to our website at www.abetterworld.tv. You can click over there on the right. It's free. It announces what we'll be covering in a given week. This week we have Dr. George Love on the radio, of course, and we have a thrilling subject on Monday night, 7 p.m., Manhattan time, EST. You can tune in if you live in Manhattan directly, or you can watch on our website from anywhere that is in the world. So it doesn't matter where you live. Through our website, it is web-streamed at the same time it's aired in the Big Apple. So please join us and become part of a better world community and family by getting our newsletter. Again, it's free. It only comes out once a week. And you have my blogs and you have who we will be having on a better world radio and TV for the week. So on that note, we are enjoying Dr. George Love on Chinese energetics and understanding the cosmology as it applies to the outer and the inner worlds today. And we're going into some depth on self-healing and how Qigong can really lead the way for us because it's an understanding of the relationships of very vital organs and mind and spirit. So Dr. George Love, you set us up for a little story. Please continue. Okay. It's such a pleasure, George, having you on. What a pleasure. Thank you. So are you a Three Musketeers fan? No. No. So you don't like um, uh, uh, the story of the D'Artagnan and the sword fighting and Cardinal Richelieu and the Queen? And I am a real peacenik. And you, I've been noticing, <laughs> loves the combat. <laughs> well, I'm a warrior, for sure. You're a warrior. I'm, I'm a spiritual I'm warrior. Warrior. Okay. So tell us the it, story anyway. I'm so, sure we have people in the audience who are fans. So Alexander Dumas wrote the story. Yes. But nobody knows what Alexander Dumas's story was. So, um, Except Al- for his wife. Maybe his mother. Yeah. So Alexander Dumas' father was a general in the French army. And so his father was really famous and a skilled swordsman and soldier and what have you. So the son thought he was all that, and he was publicly embarrassed by another swordsman who just, you know, really beat him up pretty badly. And so it affected him psychologically. So he became a recluse, and for two years straight, all he did was train. So he made sword uh, fencing or whatever the style was at the time. He made that his entire focal point. He forgo. He, he had no social relations. He had no friends. Or went. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's all he did. He was dedicated. He was dedicated and disciplined to become the best swordsman so he could defeat this guy in revenge for his public humiliation. Prepare to die. (laughs) Essentially. So he started duels or and he started attacking people that he knew that he was better than. And over the next three years, he became known as the finest swordsman in all of France. And then he finally finds the rival. And now comes the moment and he wants to humiliate the guy. And then he says, it's not worth it. So he was driven for revenge to develop the skill so that he could humiliate his rival and then gave it up. He just gave it up. What a story. And became a writer. (laughs) And that's why the series was so popular. 300 years later, people are still reading The Three Musketeers because it's authentic from his own experience in sword fighting. Awesome. So that's my story about the psyche and the past leading you into the future Mm, and then being adaptable to make a change in behavior. Okay, so I don't have to kill this guy because I already know I'm the best. I have no point to prove. That is so beautiful. That is a great story. You know, just to take a couple of steps back, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, is just to address a few things. One is the subject of genetics that you brought up, that we come in with a certain kind of imprint, which we do, certain organs stronger, some weaker, some minds stronger, others weaker, bones stronger, bones weaker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we do inherit through the ancestral chi, Mm -hmm. charge the energy from our past. And... There's also the developing science, as you know, George, called epigenetics, which is that we've learned that genetics is a two-way street, not a one-way street, and all of medical science has always said we are our genes in effect, and we play out, that is our fate, whatever it is we inherited. However, through the brilliant work of such people as cellular biologist Dr. Bruce Lipton and now many others, we have found that, oh, it ain't so simple. Just as we learned that neurons can regenerate and regrow and are given birth to, where we used to think they would just live and then die and that was it, and medical science found out that they were wrong. So they too are wrong about genetics. In other words, to keep it simple, what we do, what we think, what we eat, how we behave, our attitudes, our mental and emotional and spiritual cultivations are literally affecting our DNA in the present and affecting the shape and the upregulation of genes or not. This is fascinating. This puts us as healers of ourselves doing everything that you were talking about with the, with the chi self-massage um, even more robust, 
for ourselves and our current lives as well as in those that might follow. Okay. And I, I agree with everything you just said because I didn't know it was any other way. <laughs> I didn't know there was any it's other way. You're smarter than the average fan. <laughs> what can I say? But no, in fact, but if you think about, you know, what we were taught about the role of genes in life and health and illness, you know, typically in our society, it's that you are your genes. You are your inheritance. And if, let's just say, your father had a, an issue with cancer, then you, too, are likely to receive that same okay, genetic so, so, effect. All right, so and what we're finding is that through different kinds of behavior and self-cultivation, that changes. Okay, so first question is nature versus nurture. nurture. So which theory do you subscribe to? Both. Both, okay. So... Um, it's a yes. Okay, so Time Life magazine did a story more than 10 years ago that said humans can change their own DNA by deciding what is beautiful, what, what is the standard of beauty in oh. this particular community and that, that those people are more likely to reproduce than the other people. So therefore, we can change how we look mm. in one generation. One generation. So, I mean, and that was more than 10 I think that was like 2007, 2008, something like that. Yeah. But the point that I want to make is epigenetics, means that we can add it to the outside of the DNA. That's epigenetics. All right? So if I'm exposed to a chemical or a radioactive material or some other animal gene, then I'm going to change my future. Yes. Of my offspring. Okay? Now, um, in Salt Lake City, they found Native American skeletons. And they had very, very long arms that were like almost on the ground. And so the initial assumption is that they were some kind of ape. And for many, many years, they assumed that they were apes living in that area 10,000 years ago. And they became Mormons. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then they found out that the minerals in the lake caused genetic deformities in those Indians. And so therefore they had deformed bone structures. And once they figured that out, they left the lake area and moved somewhere else. And so they found other skeletons that were age contemporary who didn't have the bone deformities. So clearly, they figured out what was going on, and they changed. Yes. Okay? Yes. Now, I can decide if I want to ascend or if I want to descend. And we call that ascension. So I can spiritually evolve to an ideal that came to me 
through my spiritual connection in the ethers and that people in different countries can have the same idea, thought wave frequency and we can all connect and then we can all move to Mount Shasta or we can all move to Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro and connect and create some new about Fuji. Some new exactly. DNA sequence. Very true. Well, that's what Rupert Sheldrake talked about as the morphogenetic field. The morphogenetic field. Or okay. we will call more generically the quantum field. And that's what Qigong does. Qigong, Qigong regular practice, elevates your consciousness where you're operating at that frequency yes. where you can change your morphogenetic field and tune in to other people who have the same frequency, like you and me, baby. I got you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That was beautifully, beautifully articulated. And one of my favorite Qigong practices that I teach my clients and students is the marriage of heaven and earth, which symbolically, ritually, and physically embodies a lot of what it is you've said. Mm -hmm. It is bringing together the earth elements, which is what you've been talking about a lot, the, mm -hmm. the organs and the chi and the blood and the bones, and it brings the vibration up to, or brings, you could even say better, the heavenly celestial chi down into and through the physical body. And you have, hence, a marriage of heaven and earth. You're taking the higher vibration and bringing it and literally embodying it. And hence, we also get the idea of Chinese alchemy there, too. Mm -hmm. We get the combining of the higher and the lower of the elements of the fire and the water together, which makes a new human, which gives us a different kind of position for future, mm -hmm. you know. But we need to spread this word, George, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show here today, because more people who have this kind of understanding can do this kind of inner transformation and come, become a new human. Honestly, I have come to the sensibility that psychological, emotional, and i.e. spiritual maturity is actually our highest manifestation. If you want to call the higher manifestation to that immortality, that's good too. But on a very human level, maturity is the answer to so, really, to our current issues, which mm -hmm. are bogged down. Our future is bogged down and obstructed. She is obstructed through such excessive emotional, you know, kidney yang issues, um, liver fire issues that can be described as greed, as actually feeling inwardly empty, which gives rise to greed and excess and an intense effort toward acquisition for survival. It's thought, but it's not because we know that the way of cooperation, the way of harmony, which means harmonizing with our brothers and sisters, is actually the way to survival, where it upgrades the life of the entire community. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And this is the issue. So your comments, your final comments. Sir. My final comments are Qigong is very, looks very similar to Tai Chi. More people are probably familiar with Tai Chi than they are with uh, Qigong. But Tai Chi is actually a part of Qigong because there's a martial Qigong, there's a spiritual Qigong, and there's a medical Qigong. There's a Kundalini Qigong. There's a sexual Qigong. There is an organ healing Qigong. There's a walking Qigong, a dancing Qigong, a spinning Qigong. So what I did is to make it accessible to the general public, number one, and number two, I had to make an easy entry point, okay? And the easy entry point is that the world needs Qigong. And the way we did that is with Qi dance. So I've created 33 dances. We start with three, and then each week, if you, if you want to tune into the uh, online class, each week we add another three dances. And so as you learn the rhythm and the beat and the songs, the lyrics, and the movements, in a few weeks, in just little as three weeks, you will become so excitable that you will want all your <laughs> friends to know about how to do the chi dance. So heart, lung, liver, spleen, kidney, chi, kidney, jing, heart, lung, liver, spleen, kidney, chi. Shake your hands. Move your chi. Shake your hands. Show me what you're working with. Shake your hands. Move your chi. Okay. So, it's um, so much fun. It's so much fun, George. <laughs> I've been doing it with you for years. <laughs> so that's how we get started, and that's how we shift the mood, the emotions, uh, the pain, prevention, respiratory, cardio, and more importantly, how we change the diet because chi comes from food and water. And once you start moving your chi, then you only want high test. You don't want regular gas in your Lamborghini. You want the high test. So that's when we go into de- uh, juicing, and that's when we go into raw foods, and we go into vegetarian. And we just teach you, and you can still eat whatever you want, but we just teach you how to get the highest quality into your body. So you can either have dead breath, or you can have live breath. And I know what Mitchell likes because I've been watching him eat for the last three days. <laughs> oh, George Love, you're the best, brother. Give your website. Give your uh, contact information. Love Chinese Medicine, www.lovechinesemedicine.com. And if you're really interested, we have the Blue Dragon Qigong Academy.com if you want even more details. So we start with a live weekend in Florida, and then we have a six-month online course, and then we do a six-day intensive after that, and then you get certified as a Qigong instructor. That's uh, year one, and then year two, we go into the muscles and the meridians and the points, and we teach you Qigong massage, and then level four, we go into cupping and gua sha and light and sound and electromagnetics, And then we get into Scholar Warrior, which is where Mitchell is now. And then we go into Shamanic Qigong. So uh, it depends on how deep, how far down the rabbit hole you want to (laughs) go. 
But it all starts with breathing and movement and dance and fun. If it's not fun, you're not doing it. You're not doing it right. <laughs> That's beautiful, George. That's beautiful. You're doing truly beautiful work and contributing significantly to the upgrade of heart, health, and consciousness on our planet. Can I quote you on that? Yes, can I get can. that in writing? Can I get a testimonial on my Facebook page? Could you sign that, please? <laughs> right here, on the dotted line. <laughs> the answer is yes. That's beautiful, yes, man. Yes, I truly feel that way. We've known each other. Do you guys want to really know how long we've known each other? Since about 1982 or so? Yeah. Uh, we started exactly. starting Qigong together right then. Yeah, right then. 8th Avenue, I remember. Yeah, right in there. The Big Apple. Right. And, um, you know, it's been a joy. A joy ride. A love ride. Right. A love I joy really ride. really do appreciate all the good work you're doing and continue to do. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people that we went to acupuncture school with back then uh, are not practicing anymore. They're not involved in, even in the healing arts. They've exactly. gone on to other things, which is all well and good. You know, everybody has their own path. And, um, you know, mm. I have some of my own divergences, and we all do. Uh, you know, I've gotten involved in media and, you know, social enterprise, eco-project building, and a lot of things in addition to. But, mm. you see, I don't, I don't subtract professions. I add them. <laughs> so it's a true holistic picture, you know, and uh, you know you've stuck with it in such a way, and as have I, and it's nice to see the fruits of our labors. Yeah. So thanks again, Dr. George. Okay. Love. Thank you, Mitchell J. Raven. Absolutely. And I'll catch you on the flip side. You got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was a real pleasure to have George Love back on our A Better World Airwaves. He's been on the radio show. He's been on the TV show. And it's always a pleasure to hear uh, the responses that people have to learning about what he has to teach. And this has been taught for so long, but he's brought his own unique quality to it by bringing Qigong into the world of dance and music in a way that I don't think even the ancient Chinese had together. So it's interesting to take ancient traditions and notice how they actually uh, morph and evolve over time, because they do. And it's our input in building, building and evolving practices, even those that are ancient, because there's always improvement to be made. And one of the main things that George was conveying has to do with self-healing and self-empowerment underneath that, that we can do so much ourselves to take care of ourselves with food and water and breathing and movement and dance and enjoyment and love. So on that note, I want to just thank you all for joining again today. Visit me at my website, www.abetterworld.tv or mitchellrabin.com. I do sessions with people all over the world. And remember, we are a 501 so you can make donations at our website. Always appreciate it, as well as write to me at mjr at abetterworld.net. I love hearing from you, and I love, look forward to seeing you all next week.